Welcome to Geocache Adventures with me, Shadow Dragon One, where I explore the world of geocaching. If you like the podcast, please consider leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcast or the Geocache Adventures Facebook page, or share it with somebody that you think would enjoy it. Word of mouth is a great way to spread the podcast. You can also join Geocache Adventures on Buy Me a Coffee. Just follow Geo Adventures. That's one word: G E O Adventures on Buy Me a Coffee and get behind the scenes on every episode or become a member to unlock other exclusive content. Hey everybody, Amy Shadow Dragon 1 here. This episode is actually a continuation of my talk with Brad from the last episode, Geo Woodstock interview with the organizer. After we did the cash highlight and things we kind of thought were wrapping up, uh Brad thought of a couple other stories he wanted to share with me. We ended up talking for another hour. I enjoyed the story so much. I wanted to share them with you, but it would have been a two-hour episode. So I have just put them here, and the talk continues. I hope you enjoy it. Really, thank you. This is, I I know it's kind of an odd thing to get a random email and say, hey, will you come on a podcast? So I, I really appreciate you doing it. Oh, thank you for asking. Like, uh, I appreciate the opportunity to get out information about the event and to sort of, you know, tell more of the story because it's uh, in a large format like this where where there's time to tell, you know, the stories that that from stage and everything become thirty second bites. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's, you know, there's always so much more of something like this that has so much history mm -hmm. to it. It's it's hard oh, to yeah, break it all down, but. Well, and that's, and I, of course, I, like I spoke about the one like that I helped host, and I mentioned a couple of the others by name, but, you know, at this point, we're about to go into number 19. It's, even remembering the details of all of them. Um, it's, <laughs> it blurs together a little bit, I imagine. It, it does. I'm like, and trying to think of things like, okay, that was, no, that wasn't actually Geo Woodstock. That was us at that park before Geo Woodstock. Or something um, else. Because okay. I try to visit yeah. everywhere. Um when people, you know, once the we get bids in, and a lot of times, like, we'll all get a bid, like, this year we'll have a couple of bids. If they are assuming that the non-winning bids are good quality bids, like, I will try to make a point to travel there over the course of the next year just to kind of go walk around the venue, the park where they're looking at doing things because it makes a big difference. Um, and we've had some that when I first saw them, like, I don't know about that. I don't know how that, how that would work out, like, in the description. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, yeah, I won't, won't name anybody by name, but, but, you know, I get there, go into the venue and go like, okay, I see how this works. Yeah. This is, this makes sense. This is going to be, this is not what I thought. Uh, well, uh, doing the one in Cincinnati at the theme park, I wasn't crazy about that idea because yeah. what's that got to do with geocaching. Right. But when we got there and I saw the venue and like, and it is in the theme park, but it's a whole area of the park and they were, not shutting down the park for the day, but giving us this whole big area that was our space. Okay. Like, you know, this is something that's new and something that's different and hasn't been done before. And I shouldn't put my thumb on the scales. I should let these people be creative and do their thing. And they did a great job. It was the first U.S. giga. Yeah, that's... At this point, I don't know if you would know this offhand or not, but... How many people do you have any idea how many people have marked as is coming to this? Uh, not for this year, um, okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> I haven't looked at it. I know it's I, I know it's lower than they want it to be, but that's everybody, it's lower. 
Um, it's 1500 or so is what sticks out of my head, but I don't know that. Um, that seems high. It was 12. And I, I don't have to, have to have to take a look. Um, Still a lot and of I don't have all way. my screens to be able to go like look quickly. Because <laughs> my phone was doing this thing. But yeah, it's a, and that's the crazy thing always, you know, trying to plan these things when you look at will attends. Don't forget that like for planning purposes, a will attend is uh, worth 2.4 to 2.8 people uh, okay. when you're looking for lodging because there are lots and lots of geocaching families. Like, you know, you've got four or five people using that one yeah. name. Um, in my family, there are three of us and we all, all three of us have our own names, but that seems to not be the norm. A lot of caching couples together. Um, so whenever you names, look at yeah. that number. Yeah. So, you know, when you look at that number, that's, you know, it's like, you know, Johnny 3647 will attend. Well, Johnny 3647 may be Johnny and his wife and their two kids and the uncle that comes with them every once in a while and that kind of stuff. So uh, it's, it is such a headache to plan for. Um, and it is, I can imagine like I, I am. That's any large scale event these days. Yeah. I mean like the, I'm glad people do it, but I'm not mm -hmm. envious of what they have to do to get it there. Like I, I'm not envious of of them winning that proposal by any means, because to me it just sounds. I I am obviously not the person to be doing this to be a part of it because I'm just like just the sound of it sounds so overwhelming to me. Well, it's a, you know, God bless them. I'm so glad there are people who still want to put it together and. Um, I come to it from a kind of a funny place because maybe we should have talked about this. I didn't intend to host Geo Woodstock. I never put a bid together. The, uh, the reason that I am on the committee, the reason that I am one of the hosts, there was another committee that uh, Joe had a couple of really good proposals. So he awarded it two years in a row. So he awarded six to uh, California, outside Sacramento, um, Wheatland, California. And awarded seven, went ahead and awarded seven to another organization. Oh, at the same time? At the same time. Well, yeah, because yeah, there were two good bids. He's like, that'll right. get us covered for the next two years. They'll have two years to plan it. In between the time that he let them know that they were going to be hosting and time for the, you know, and when we got close to Geo Woodstock 6, the entire, uh, they had elections and all the people who had put together the proposal who wanted to host Geo Woodstock in that area Mm -hmm. had cycled off the board and the new board oh. didn't want anything to do with hosting it and didn't even like just want to like let the group let the group who had put in do it like they were one of them had quit cashing you know they're they're always little yeah. things. but uh that group no longer wanted to host and we didn't find that out until shortly before i mean weeks before the event in uh wheatland california and Joe and I were talking one Thursday night over dinner. We're talking about like, what can we do? Because if we don't have, we, you know, we, I've got to announce this thing next month. I was like, well, we can do it here. Um, and we started looking at different venues and where we could do it. And I, we had that property and I was like, we can do it on our place there. And it's right in the middle of a really nice little tourism town. It's a, it was a good, it was a great location to have Joe Woodstock. And we just were there and I was like, you know, if we have to, we can do it. But like, you know, keep talking to these guys. Let's have it in the original place. And we didn't know. And I found out for certain that we were hosting at midnight 
the night before Jill Woodstock, because that, that was, uh, in, we were in California. I was walking down the hotel, the hallway. I was, had been outside of the car and was walking back in and Joe came out of his room and was walking down the hall, having just gotten off the phone with him because he gave him to the midnight deadline. Yeah. Um, and I was, you know, give me some good news. And he said, well, the good news is you're the host. <laughs> like, no, 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 Joe, that's not good news. That's just, uh, <laughs> I am so glad that it did happen because it was truly an honor and a privilege to be able to help lead the committee that did it. Because like, I didn't do the work. We had 10 people on that committee that did all the work. Once again, I just stood on stage and talked a lot while people were running around like crazy, making the event look great. And I'm very proud of the job that they did, that we did together. But, uh, and proud of where that left us and now that I was became part of the committee and worked very closely with Joe um, from that point on, I mean, we were already working closely together on things because we were buddies and we did stuff together. Right. Um, and Joe was a reviewer. I'm a reviewer as well. Um, Joe was my mentor. He brought me on as a reviewer. So, but, but that we, because we're working together closely as reviewers, then having Jill Woodstock. And of course, I, I mean, I helped him with the original, the, I put the trademark together for him. i we don't. We were already working together, but to have the official position there and to and to be a part of something as wonderful as Geo Woodstock, where it really was, it was an honor. And um, and as much work as it was, and as much of a headache as it was, I am so thankful that he put that trust in us to be able to pull it together. And that then, even though we're buddies and we did stuff together all the time, he pretty much kept his thumb off the scale with us. Even though, even though we saw him every Thursday night, he would yeah. ask questions and stuff and he worked with us like we were doing things, but we had all kinds of dumb ideas that he was like, Hey, run with it. <laughs> that, I mean, it's, it's one thing to plan to bid for it and put a plan and proposal together ahead of time. And it's a whole nother thing to have to pick that up like moments before they've got to announce it. And, you know, 24 hours before they've got to announce it or however mm -hmm. short and and you're basically, you know, almost a year behind because you haven't planned anything. Oh, yeah, we haven't planned. We didn't even have a solid plan. I had a loose outline of, of here's what I think we can do. And we didn't have we didn't have a website built for registration. So we uh, we put off registration until January because it also made sense to do all of our stuff in one tax year. Right. Uh, so we were because you know because we had to take you now. Now we need to create an organization. We need to do all of these things to be ready to be able to do this. So we didn't open registration until January, and we spent a lot of time um, being cryptic about the things that we were going to do. Like you know, wait till you <laughs> see what's coming up. And I'm thinking to myself the whole time, like y'all aren't going to believe because I don't even know what it is myself. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I can't wait to see what it's going to be. <laughs> but we had a great turnout. We had a really wonderful event. I'm so proud to be a part of it. We, the movie Splinterheads, I don't know if you've seen Splinterheads, but we did I've a film premiere. But Splinterheads premiered at Geo Woodstock. We got the, uh, there's a private school there. We got their gym and projectors and everything set up there. And the folks from the, um, I can't remember which studio it was, but they came in and we did a full like movie premiere thing after Geo Woodstock that night, like when the event was over at five. There was a movie premiere at six. Um, okay. I missed the movie because I was helping clean up. But like we thought that was cool. Like always trying to have like the first um, for every event. Um, that's an important thing. We could drop back in somewhere because uh, Geo Woodstock has had several firsts. We were the first mega event in the U.S. Well, we're the first mega event entirely. 
We were the right. first giga event in the U.S. Geo Woodstock had the first event GeoCoin. Um, really? Was, uh, yeah, Geo Woodstock three. Uh, and at that time, I mean, like John had his mountain bike coin. The Germany yeah. had just put out the Germany coin. I think Karsten Fisher had just done uh, the Geo Pirate coin. Like there were just a handful of coins. Right. And the first event Geo coin was uh, Geo Woodstock three. Wow. Kind of like the first that we had, we had the first movie premiere at Omega. Like, I don't think that matters, but. Uh, <laughs> it's interesting though. But yeah, and it's, and it's just been, it's been really neat to see how things are in a different place. I was thinking about, you, you were to me earlier in St. Charles, I was thinking about our event there. Uh, Brawny Bear uh, headed up that committee and we did it in conjunction with the Irish Festival down there on the riverfront. So yes. The yeah, Irish Festival had one side of the field and we had the other side of the field and with all of the breweries and things right there down through um, mm -hmm. with the restaurants and things. It was just a really wonderful day and to be able to sneak away and go over and like, I'll have a cider. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was not geocaching at that time, but I, I've heard people talk about it and I'm very familiar with the Irish Festival. You know, we have so many festivals down there on the riverfront. Right. It, it, it makes sense to to try to pair it up with something like that going on. So there's more activities, like you said, for somebody who may be with a geocacher that's not wanting to do all the geocaching activities. That's the thing we always try to bear in mind, too, because we understand that, you know, people that have got their families traveling with them, there need to be things to do for the kids and for the spouses and grandparents, whatever, that if they're not there for caching, they still want to have a good, good time. And that's the thing <clears throat> that I always, uh, the Middle Tennessee Geocachers Club usually helps with registration, like morning of, handing out packets and stuff. We try to, if, if they want us to help, we help. If not, we stay out of the way. Okay. But uh, a thing that I always try to reiterate to the host committees, like day of, like everybody, that we're, there are things that are going to go wrong today. Um, but <laughs> we're the only ones who know how things are supposed to happen. So as long as you keep your composure, keep your cool, act like that's what was supposed to happen, and we move on. And keep a smile on your face all day long. If you can't smile, go somewhere and do whatever it is you need to do to get happy. But go somewhere like by yourself for a minute and get that smile back on your face. Because we owe it to every person that's here. It's easy to forget in the frustrations of the day because, you know, you need to haul trash or something. And, you know, there's a problem with a porta pipe, there's a problem with parking. It's easy to forget that most of the people here made sacrifices in order to join us today. When they were working second shift on a night they didn't want to work, back last September, back when they worked a holiday shift in November or December, in order to make a little bit more money, to set that money to the side, people are saving for this vacation. There are folks who are making real sacrifices to be able to be with us today, who've been looking forward to this day since this time last year, when they found out where they're going to get to go next year. And we need to honor that. We need to make sure that they have a good time here, that we made sure that we give them good value for what they gave up in order to be here with us today. And that, I think that's important. And we've had good luck with our hosts understanding that and understanding that it's not just, it's not, it's not our event. It's an event for the community. It's an event for the people who are here today. And people had to make decisions in order to get there. Right. And there are folks who really had to decide, are we going to take the kids to the beach this year? Or are we going to go to Geo Woodstock? 
There are times when we've had to decide, you know what, we're not eating out this week because we need to lay some money to the side because we've got big travel and because we, we're going to be there for Joe Woodstock. Yeah. And that is an important thing. You know, we can't, that, you don't ever want that to be lost in that the reason we do this is for the people who come here and give us the opportunity to serve. Sorry, I got kind of soapboxy. <laughs> no, I, I love it because it's, it's something that when you're just attending, you don't think about it. And that's something that the hosts do need to think about. Well, it's, it's, it's easy to forget it as a host. And that's the thing yeah. that to me is always important. I'm, I know we've had times in our lives when we struggled and it was hard to, we had to make hard decisions to be able to make things happen. Yeah. And even if it doesn't matter how much money you got, how much freedom you got, everything else, every person that's there made a decision to spend their time with you. And you owe them something for that, that you came out, you came out, then you deserve a smile. You deserve a handshake. You deserve a hug. You deserve to have a good time. You deserve to be seen as a person because you're there and you're a part of this community. And the bonds that we are making are the community. Yeah. Honor and a privilege to be a part of that. Now, you, you don't have to answer this next question, but since we've just kind of talked about that popped in my head, you don't have to answer it you don't have to say when or who or anything but have you ever had a bad host experience with geo woodstock sure i was a bad host <laughs> um, the committee that had to deal with me they, they, those guys were horrible <laughs> you know there used to be a thing on the forums and i think it was snoogans who said it i hope i got it I hope i got it right i think it was snoogans um the great thing about geocaching is that it is open to anyone. Any person can show up here and pick up a GPS and go find this and join this great community. That's the best thing about geocaching. The worst thing about geocaching is that the community is open to anyone. And anyone can pick up a <laughs> GPS and go find a geocache and join this community. Um, I, no, I, I don't think we've ever had a bad host. I know that uh, we've had hosts who were like, we butted heads over stuff. Um, even if I keep, I'm trying to keep you know, our fingers off the scale, um, just, you know, disagree about things. People ask me of something, I'll give them my opinion. That's I'm outspoken and exuberant, exuberant. So if you ask me my opinion, I'm going to give you my opinion. And if I disagree with what you're doing, I, that doesn't mean stop doing it, but I disagree. Right. But no, I, we haven't, uh, we've been blessed uh, and I think part of that has to do with the great work that the committee that I'm speaking for does uh, beforehand. I've met this guy. That's the reason that we travel around and meet folks. Um, like, I don't think that we've ever, I don't think that we've ever uh, awarded the event to anyone that I hadn't met before. Okay. Um, because one of the things is one of the requirements to host the event is that you have to have attended a Geo Woodstock. And we tend to be there all day meeting folks. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think folks that would be bad hosts are drawn to this sort of thing. I think that what really, um, certainly what separates, it doesn't separate our host from other hosts. It's all of the mega event hosts. It's all of the big regional event hosts. There is this like, this need inside, like you can, you, you can see it in them, like this call to service. And if they understand that to create an opportunity for the community to come together is to serve the community. And they honor that uh, across the board. And to be honest, like the folks who don't get that don't last, you know, 
they host their one and done, and they don't come to Geo Woodstock generally as a as a prospective host. Um, it's a Geo Woodstock is a big daunting thing, um, and like we haven't seen, we've had some big egos host. Mine's probably <laughs> one of the biggest egos that's ever hosted it, but even as big as my ego is, one of the things like one of my like core memories, you know, you know, you have those things that like you feel like. You know, like when you're having a moment and you feel yourself change during the moment. Okay. Was absolutely for me at Geo Woodstock 7. Um, no promises, I won't get weepy. When that was said and done with, we've been there all day. We've been working on this thing for a year and we've had the culmination. It's all there. It's over. We've made the, Joe made the announcement from the stage that the next year we're going to be in Seattle, Carnation, Washington. And we thanked everybody and people are leaving and they're going to the movie premiere. I sat down for the first time all day. And the only reason I sat down was because I had promised a uh, Sonny Portaccio um, to, he was doing the, his podcast and he wanted to do an interview. So into the event and I'm exhausted. You know, like, you know, like just, everything's over. You just like sit down. And when you sit, you just like melt into the chair. Yeah. And of course, Sonny's got a chair beside me. And he's asking me questions. And I, honest to goodness, I don't think I ever listened to the podcast. Uh, I don't like to hear myself. So as much as I like to hear myself talk, I don't like to hear myself talk. <laughs> I understand um, that. <laughs> you get over that real fast when you host a podcast or you don't, you don't keep doing it. <laughs> oh, I, I get it. Um, and, I, and, I, and I will absolutely listen to this one a year <laughs> from now. Fair enough. Or my son will listen to it and tell me about it. That's, but yeah, I, I'm too close to that. <laughs> But Sonny was doing the, wanted to do the podcast, and I sat there, and I just melted into my chair, and he was asking questions, and I was, I guess, answering. I don't, I honest to goodness, don't remember. What I do remember is sitting back in that chair and looking out across the field there. Now, we're on stage, so I'm, I can see the whole thing, and tents are coming down, and we, uh, we had uh, hay bales out in front okay. of the stage for seating. And I'm looking at people like picking up hay bales and stacking them. And I'm looking at people folding chairs and stacking tables. And, you know, it's, it's the end of an event. It's the standard stuff, stuff, you know, except in entertainment. I've seen this a million times. And I realized that I'm looking at people out there working. And I didn't know them. My committee was there and they were, they were directing traffic and they were getting things and they were helping pack up a petting zoo and all these things, all that stuff's happening. There were people who just came to the event and saw that there was work to be done. That people were picking up hay bales. And they fell in and started doing the work for them with, with folks. And I was absolutely overwhelmed with gratitude. I don't think I've ever felt so grateful. For the people who were just, their hearts were moved to be helpful. They were the community. They were making these things happen. And out in the middle of that, I'm seeing these bright green shirts that our committee had on, these neon green shirts. Like every one of these people gave up a year of their lives to be a part of this. And every one of these vendors has traveled from around the country to set up here today. And we've got folks from Groundspeak, um, Geocaching HQ there at that time. Uh, Sean was there and a uh, dear friend, Miss Jen. Um, who I barely knew at that time, uh, were there. They were all there helping and watching. And they, all these people had come together to make the event a success. 
And I've been worried about this thing for over a year. And keeps keeping me up at night trying to figure out how we're going to make this happen. And at the end of the day, I wasn't important. I was just the voice that had the privilege of working with these people. And I have never forgotten that feeling of gratitude, of seeing the people working out there. And I feel like it changed me fundamentally to remember how important this community is and that what Joe was trying to do from the beginning and bringing people together, that that is really the key and that it doesn't matter where we do it. It doesn't matter whether there are 5,000 people, 500 people, 50 people, or five people. The reason we have events is to connect with each other. Being able to host a Geo Woodstock is an incredible opportunity to connect with thousands of people at one time. I think we did a good job. I'm proud of what we did. But what matters is that those folks were there and they had a good time. And they had such a good time that they were picking up trash. They were, not that there was much trash, we're a cash and trash out community, but that they were there helping clean up. Nobody does that after a concert. You don't go to a football game and clean up the stadium. Maybe we should, but we don't. Jill Woodstock, the community makes it happen. And that's all that matters is a community. Sorry, I'm, I'm rambling there, but that. No, that's awesome. It really was one of those things like that in the moment, like when I realized, like, I'm sitting there, like, and I know I got distracted talking to, that Sonny was asking questions. And I'm just watching people and fundamental change, change the way that I see other people. Um, wow so a lot of the things that I'm saying earlier on about you know seeing people as people seeing the humanity and people the diversity of voices and things in that moment looking out there like, I mean it's, it's just I, it's impossible to describe how it can affect you to see people that you don't know who don't owe you anything doing things because they feel an obligation to be a part of the community and maybe maybe that obligation is what makes community these ties these bonds that we have with one another is what makes us a force to be reckoned with. Like the, the, that as geocaches, we are part of this global family. And think about that, like when you travel and you go into areas, like, you know, and I've traveled all over the world geocaching. And when we're headed into a new, like, you know, just hit the local forums or hit a local Facebook group and say, hey, I'm going to be in Portugal. What's going on this week? Or even if you don't reach out, just going to an event in another country and you're having somebody come over there and go like, okay, I'm going to translate for you <laughs> because your Portuguese is terrible. So <laughs> <laughs> you know, their English is better than my Portuguese. So they're translating in there and being like, we spent a week in the Azores um, and we went to an event and the next night we were having dinner at a cashier's house because they wanted to share their country. They wanted to share their culture and things. And we were there and we were already okay because we were members of the same community. Yeah, that's awesome. Strong bonds, tenuous bonds. The bonds, what matters? Sorry, rambly, rambly, rambly. No, I love it. I love it. I've heard so many people that tell stories of, you know, they were at an event or whatever, 
just met the person, but because they were both geocachers, they instantly had this connection. So yeah, let's drive two hours out to the middle of the desert to go get this geocache because we're both geocachers. So we're family. Mm -hmm. I, I, I've never met you before. We just showed up at an event. Oh, you don't have a ride. Okay. I'm going to give you a ride home. Absolutely. And it's all just because of geocaching. Yeah. It's because, and the crazy thing is, is like, I'm thinking about the people in my life who we met at an event and went and found a cache together. And then we saw at another event and went and found another cache who were there the day my son was born, whose weddings I've been in, you know, like the, the, the beginning of the geocaching is the introduction. Yeah. But then it grows into true friendships and it grows into a family bond. Um, if, if we're, if we're lucky and that's a, you know, and Joe was absolutely was family. And, uh, um, so I said one time he was, like, he was like a father figure and I said, oh, he was not a father figure. He was like a weird <laughs> uncle figure, like a creepy <laughs> uncle figure. No, but I loved him dearly and, and I miss him every day. But yeah, I mean, and he would drop anything to take care of things. Like, there were times I out of town and, you know, like, and my wife had a, a, had a minor car accident. Geocachers like stopped, dropped everything, went to take care of her. Joe popped up at the house. You know, we we tear something up. You know, I mentioned it to him, and half hour later, he's there at the house with tools, ready to work. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot, a lot of memories tied up with that fella, with a lot of folks from all over the country. And it is that that's a. It's funny. I don't know how long this ride is, with Geo Woodstock or with life, and. You have to, you have to look at like at some point, like nothing lasts forever. At some point we have to, we have to pull the plug and say, we're done. And, uh, we talked about that some for this year, like, you know, do is 20, the, the right time to just say, oh, you know, we're done with this. And I got, I, I, a dear, dear friend asked me what I really thought about it because I discussed with her a couple of times, like, you know, where do we go? Where, where's the future? The event's done like all the things, you know, it's, it's had all these first, it's been, Right. And it is, and it will always be the original mega event. Um, yeah. It's, it, it's its own thing. I mean, there's, there's nothing left to prove. All we can do is continue to serve the community. And how far do we go? And she asked me, she's like, so why, why keep doing it? And I broke down crying, absolutely broke down crying. I mean, and not like rolled a gentle, uh, shed a manly tear. I was bawling. <laughs> Uh, like I was trying to keep from embarrassing myself by making horrible noises. <laughs> um, and when I regained my composure, I'm like, cause Joe didn't put us, Joe didn't give it to us to run, to kill it. He made sure we were here. So it would continue when he didn't. And I don't know how far you go with that. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how long that race is. I don't know how far we run. But I know as long as it's viable, we're going to keep things going. And if it gets to a point when it doesn't make sense anymore, then it won't make sense. And we will lay it to rest along with Joe's memory. It's a good legacy. And the entire committee and all of our hosts are a part of that legacy. And it is an absolute honor to be able to help continue 
that little event that he said not to bother coming to because it's not going to be that big a deal. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's amazing how it's grown and continued from just one person wanting to meet a few people. A lot of folks doing a lot of work for a long time. Yeah. See, told you I would just ramble forever. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was finished. I'm like, oh, oh, and there's another thing. <laughs> I'm a broken record. I keep coming back to the same thing that it really hey, is. It's a big deal for us. It, it sounds like a big deal. Everybody takes it seriously. It, there are a lot of personal relationships here that we're all going to still be friends whether Geo Woodstock happens or not. Yeah. Yeah. If we ever get to the point where it doesn't make sense. Even if we decided to not host a big event, we're probably all still going to get together on Memorial Day weekend and think about Joe and probably not have a happy meal, but love something. <laughs> Maybe splurge for that uh, Big Mac or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. We got any more questions for me? Anything that I've in my rambling that I need to clarify or? <laughs> I. I, I'm just taking it all in right now, to be honest with you. I might think of something later and I may have to hit you up and ask you a question and edit it in or something, but. I, oh, absolutely. If we need to do a follow-up, just let me know. We're... Nearly 20 years of history. I mean, there's just so much. That Yeah. And, and that's the, the thing. And then the problem with this, no matter how long the format is, unless we're going to do like a mini series and like, you know, like do eight episodes you, you can't cover episodes. it all yeah you can't yeah, because cover it all each and every event had something that made it special and you could talk about that event and we did here and what we did in the other place and yeah you know there are great memories for all of them uh, but even it, it all does come down to the same thing i mean it really it really does like i hate to be a broken record but it does at this geo woodstock we saw this amazing local feature with these people like it, it always comes back to the people and you know in sellersburg for geo was like 10 it was super hot they were having i mean it was over 100 degrees and there was no shade and like it was <laughs> it was it was very unusual and everybody was burning up and we had a great time sweating together in black t-shirts <laughs> <laughs> one time it's super hot there are no clouds um, but yeah, it everything when I start thinking about the memories of Geo Woodstock, of course, my stuff like bounces back to a lot of the earlier ones because I'm to me it's tied with Joe uh, inextricably. Like you have to, I can't think of one without the other. So 13 was the last time he was with us, um, and 14 was the hardest speech I've ever given in my life. Was the first time that I had to stand up there and make the announcement and. Um, and I spoke about Joe there because it, that's where we did a uh, celebration of life thing for him. But uh, his eulogy was a Geo Woodstock 14. Oh, wow. And that was, once again, broken record, honor and a privilege. Damn hard to do. I bet. In front of thousands of people who, you know, because that's the problem. I was doing really well on stage and I'm like I, I even had notes that day I was looking through and I was fine as long as I was looking out over that big crowd and then I got down to the corner and there's my buddy Jen and uh show me the cash both of which have been to every geo was like they were there at the first when they 
part of the group that had been to every event. And Bob, Joe's brother, all standing over there together, and they were crying. And boy, when I saw them crying, it was hard to... <laughs> hard to keep it together, I bet. Yeah, so, you know, good thing I don't have a problem crying in front of people, because I cried in front of a bunch of people that day. But yeah, that's, uh, that's every time that I think about one of the events, I think about the people that were there that day and the things that we did together. And whether you say community or family, it really does come down to the people. And Geo Woodstock's not special because of that. Midwest Geo Bash has a family that we see there every year. Geo Coin Fest has a family we see there every year. MOGA has a family. Like they, they, you, have these, you have these strong ties in all of the events. Maybe Woodstock's special because it was the first, but no, it's not extra special because it was first. It just, that's a, it wasn't a matter of luck. It was a matter, it was a force of will. It was because Joe decided it was going to be that way. And he was stubborn. And when he decided something was going to be that way, he worked hard to make sure it happened. I mean, he put it, he put in the work and he got on the forums and he promoted it and he got people out there and he got people excited about it. And then he got, other people excited about doing the work so he could just come to the event and hang out. <laughs> now Classic that is Joe, a good salesman stuff. right there. <laughs> oh, he was absolutely. But he, I mean, and it was, the problem was that he didn't have to sell. He, he was beyond a salesman. He was an evangelist. This was the gospel to him. He was just out spreading word. Uh, he was, he believed absolutely in geocaching and in the, how it brought people together. So it didn't, he had to work to sell that because that was a core belief for him. And it's funny, we started out uh, in that at the time, it was because of some silly forum stuff that was going on in Nashville. He stood up in the back of a pickup truck with 200 people there. And it's, you know, welcome to Geo Woodstock 2 in Nashville, where it's all about the numbers. Because um, there were a ton of caches to find in Nashville. Na Nashville was Cashville at that time. Okay. And years later, that it sort of became part of the branding of the event. And Years later, we were talking about it and how that really didn't represent the event very well. And we hit on the, what it was. And it, it was Joe and I sitting there talking, and I don't remember which one of us said it first. I think I said it. And he immediately said, oh, I'm stealing that. Like, no, you're not stealing it. <laughs> it's yours, sir. We always talk about Geo Woodstock being all about the numbers, but it really is about the number of people that you meet, the number of hands that you shake, the number of smiles that you see, the number of hugs that you get. And that is what Geo Woodstock is all about. Is that a good closer? That's, that's I give awesome. you like 15 different closing <laughs> lines because I realize I get to one of like, oh, dude, you're rambling. You need to, need to cut it this, off. This one might require just a little bit more editing from going to, because I'm going to grab this stuff at the end. It's so good. I'm going to stick it in there. and <laughs> It's going to be a part of it. I mean, it's it's amazing stories and amazing history and I, you know, it's stuff that I think, you know, unless they've been to every single event, most people probably have no idea. Yeah, I think our group of every single event's down to five. I think that's, yeah, because Greg missed last year. So, uh, Kaneko, Show Me the Cash, Robert Leip, Southpaw, and Turtle3863 are the five who have attended all so far, who have wow. attended all of them. Um, we were six until last year and we lost one last year. Right? I mean, he just couldn't attend. Right. Um, and we've lost folks. I mean, we've lost folks. That, yeah, we're down, down to five with perfect attendance. 
And there's only a handful that have been to all but one. Um, of course, Laura and I don't have perfect attendance because we were in Ireland in 2003 whenever they, whenever Joe had his little event that we didn't need to bother with. <laughs> wow. Yeah, five. It's... Wow. Well, I was already looking forward to going and I'm like extra excited now to go to, to Geo Woodstock and, and experience it. It's it just... It sounds it, like it ought to be awesome. great. I've talked to their CBB several times. Um, just I keep telling my dudes, you know, do what you do, do your thing, and they keep calling me to let me to make sure that I'm in the loop. I'm like, well, I appreciate <laughs> it. Um, and every time they do, they've got some really neat stuff planned, particularly in their uh, lead up events. Like the event itself will be great, um, but the stuff they've got planned coming in, focusing on the barbecue bourbon barbecue bluegrass and bigfoot um and they they have a geo tour that runs along the uh waterfront there Um, yeah look at that you know with that that playground for the kids and you know they'll have a ton of adventure labs going down through there and like there's some real there are a lot of really smart people working on this um and they're going to do good stuff my son's really excited about that part (laughs) <laughs> he's he'll be he'll be uh almost nine when we go down for it not quite night and he's we were there for for the moga a couple of years ago but we weren't able to stay for the the whole weekend because of some family stuff going on uh so we left early but he has been asking me ever since when do we get to go back to that park when can we go back to that park so then when i found out geo woodstock was going to be there it's like I think we get to go back to that park now. <laughs> That's my my son's twelve. He'll be he'll be thirteen next month, and uh, he's looking forward to going back to that park. It's you know, an he's, amazing he's that funny park. age where it's like girlfriends and super grown up, and now he's playing with dinosaurs. You know, <laughs> all over the place. I love it. But yeah, but he's. He, Thank you. We went through there a couple of years ago, and I just stopped and I gave him an hour to go run around. He's like, he's like, this is where I'm going to be. When he found out it was in Owensboro, I was like, I'm going to go to that park and just stay at that park. I'm like, no problem, dude. We are our hotel's right downtown. <laughs> it is an amazing park. I'm looking forward to seeing it again myself. And uh, Evansville has got great geocaching. Like, I didn't really mention it in the thing because Owensboro's hosting. So I'm like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> want to make sure that we're pushing to Owensboro. <laughs> but Evansville is less than an hour. And like if you're just there as a cashier, there's some great caching there. They've got some great adventure labs. There's a ghost series there. And they've got the webcam inside the library. That's the haunted library. Yes. Um, the ghost cam inside the library. Yeah. yeah. Which is a, a, an actual, at least it used to be an actual geocaching webcam. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out if I can convince my husband to make a detour to go oh it's practically on the way we're coming from that side anyway just a little jog up yeah yeah maybe on the way home we'll uh gotta gotta figure that out still (laughs) there's time to figure that out still we're gonna head over there because there's a coffee shop where (laughs) that i really like in evansville and i am the kind of guy who will drive an hour for a coffee shop that he likes Oh, that's great. All right. Well, if you run across anything and you want to do a follow-up, uh, if you have follow-up questions and email or or if we need to get back on and record three sentences or 
another hour to do you know a thing for the uh for the uh for the dvd you know the extended, <laughs> the extended, the extended scenes for the dvd yeah yeah extended cut that's it <laughs> where we'll go through each geo woodstock and i'll give you my memories of each one Ooh, we'll there five you minutes go. on each one that'll be people love that <laughs> <laughs> and geo woodstock three i was really sunburned from <laughs> at four we got into chiggers right before we got to the park so we were standing there itching <laughs> it was because it was dallas and we were we had got into chiggers because we were all itching oh, and we were there no. and it was super hot and uh snoogans was part of that group and he had i don't remember the 504th but like the uh, the guys who show up in the darth vader outfit in the stormtrooper okay armor, and several of them were there and i'm thinking to myself it is you know, 98 degrees with 90% humidity. Yeah. And that dude is in pla- black plastic armor oh. and a cape. Like, ugh. That, that was rough. <laughs> yeah. So, Whew. and we have the same thing every year with whoever's in the signal costume. At least the yeah. new system, co- the new signal costume, thank God, does not fit me. So I never have to put it on again. <laughs> and uh, it's got ice packs and a fan. Okay. The first one did not. <laughs> Is Signal going to be at Geo Woodstock this year? Oh yeah, awesome. Yeah, Signal will. I mean, I I have not been told that, but uh, yeah, but, uh, that's part of being a mega now. You you get Signal. Um, awesome. I can't I can't think of anything else to say, but I am so I. This is all great, and I can't wait to go there. And thank you so much for this. Really, this is this has been oh, awesome. That, like I said, thank you for the opportunity. I'm, Glad to get our story out there and do anything we can to help promote the event. Well, I I understand not wanting to listen to your own voice at the end of the day. I completely do, but <laughs> I, I hope that um, when I get done putting it all together, it's it's a, something that'll do uh, Geo Woodstock proud in in the oh, grand sure scheme it of be. it all. And, and I will listen to it. I just I'll just cringe every time I'm talking. <laughs> I, you know what, when I started doing this, I was the same way and I thought I'm either going to get over this or I'm going to stop really quick. And three years later, I'm still doing it. So (laughs) I used to do a bunch of live theater and stuff. And like, I I don't, I never go back and watch tapes or anything because it's what happened and there's no fixing it. Yeah. If if we're doing film, like we we can reshoot this and like, okay, yeah, I need to watch that and I'll do it. But with this, like, I know that whenever I go back and listen to it, I'm like, oh, dude, you should have said this. Oh, way to be eloquent there. You know, you know what? If you couldn't think of the word, you should have stopped, thought of the word, and gone back and said it again. You could have gotten that right. So there's nothing but criticism. Like, that That inner voice is nothing but criticism. I get you, that. Come back. I get that. But in all honesty, those little moments where – you're at a loss for words and it takes you a second. It happens to me too. And I'm trying to think of, you know, cause a question will come to mind. I'm trying to think of how to phrase it there in the spot. It just makes it so human. And I feel like that just makes crying. it more. <laughs> yeah. It just makes it more relatable. I feel like, cause you know, there's a lot of podcasts out there where they're just so polished, which there's nothing wrong with that. If that's how you want your podcast to be. But I, you know, like you said, it's about the community. I just like the human aspect of it because it just it just makes it more more real, more, you know, it just 
more interesting in my opinion. So, but I, I also completely get going, Oh, why did I, why did I say it that way? And because I've, I've well, been on other podcasts talking about stuff and I listen back and I'm like, oh, why, why did I say that? Well, and when you hear it back is when you hear all the like, uh, mm, ah, mm. like, dude, use your words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm, ah, well, ah, uh, no. <laughs> yeah. But it is, yeah, and then, it then, uh, the other thing that I always hate is, uh, I tend to, because you're describing the same things. Like I'm, I probably said community 7,000 times tonight because <laughs> I keep coming back to that and saying things like honor and privilege because an honor and privilege is one of those things. that's such a cliche to hear people say it's an honor and a privilege, but, but it really is. Sometimes it's an honor and a privilege and yeah. there's no other way to say that. And it's absolutely true in this case. I, I understand that. I, I put a post on social media once after I was listening through editing a an episode. I don't remember which one it was, but I realized uh, my big transition between questions is so, so, and how many times I say so, mm-hmm. and I thought, wow. And I thought back to, I don't know if you ever watched How I Met Your Mother, no, I've seen episodes, but not. Okay, so there's one episode where they do the Robin Shabosky drinking game because she says, but um, all the time on her <laughs> her show, on her live interview show, and finds out that there's a, one of her friends and his college students have done a drinking game to it. So then she shuts down the drinking game by just saying but um but um but um but um but um as much as she can in the episode and, uh, and i i posted something to the effect of just realized how many times i say so and it made me think of the drinking game so cheers to you if you're doing that <laughs> just yep, gonna own up to that time. one <laughs> i mean there, there are only so many ways to transition yeah there are and it's and, it's, and that is one of those things that whenever we're discussing things like you don't, that's why I hate listening back because listening back, you're listening and being critical of things because here I'm listening to what you have to say. I'm listening to your questions. I'm trying to process the questions and then I'm trying to not sound like an idiot on the, <laughs> on the reply. Um, and that takes up most of the bandwidth. Yeah. When you edit all this together, I'll be riding in a car somewhere and I will just be listening not even to the content of what I had to say. I'll be listening to, wow, that was a pregnant pause. I'll be listening to <laughs> mm, those little, those little connectors. I'm like, yeah. no. And then I was like, dude, could you say community more often? Could you say <laughs> honor and privilege more often? <laughs> Could you sound like a bigger fanboy of Joe? Which I probably couldn't be. Huh? <laughs> no, no, that, that, he, he was absolutely a dear friend and practically family, and I uh, loved him warts and all. He sounds like um, he was a great guy. He really was. I mean, he was a jerk about some things and everything. <laughs> well, we uh, all but, get but that way are. sometimes. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing. Like we, um, I don't, I don't polish him up too much because. Uh, he was human just like the rest of us, but he did. He really cared about this game. 
and he did really good things that one of the funny things about Joe, like I've, there's an article that comes out every, most every year in a first to find magazine at the Joe Woodstock edition. They just, I rewrite it to update it, but the update is literally like changing the year <laughs> um, where we talk about Joe and like the different things. It's a thing that I put together when he passed um, for the first Woodstock afterwards. And part of the eulogy and thing was to remind him because he had already like kind of quit going out to events and not, he, he would go to local events, but he, he was no longer larger than life. He just kind of went and enjoyed himself and let other people run things. And that was good, but he had kind of stepped back from the limelight a little bit. And when he passed, like, I want to make sure that people understood that, yes, this is the guy who started Geo Woodstock. Um, this guy's also one of the first reviewers. I think he was number seven on the reviewer team. And he, a lot of the local reviewers that we still have are people that he brought into the game as reviewers. So he had a huge effect there. Okay. Uh, he was a phenomenal hider. Like his, the camo on his caches is really, um, anybody that's hunted his stuff, like the most highly favorited cache in Tennessee, Joe owns, or his account still owns. Um, it's remarkably uh, camouflage cache uh, down by the Titan Stadium in Nashville. Like he was just, he was really good at every aspect of it. And the thing that he was perhaps best at from the reviewer side and from the player side is seeing where the game was going. That as micros became more pro pro uh, prolific, as you started having many more urban hides versus everything being in parks, he could see the problems that was going to cause. Mm -hmm. um, and when you go way back into the guidelines, it's amazing how many guidelines are could be attributed to his contributions to the game. And sometimes it was because he would see he would see something coming and he would suggest like this is going to be a problem, and the uh, other reviewers and the lackeys would come and be like, oh yeah, let's fix that. Other times they would say it's not a problem, so he would go do it. So the reason we have the the reason that geocaches are a tenth of a mile apart, five hundred twenty eight feet apart, is because Joe saw the problem of urban caches and things being able to be put much much closer together. He felt like his worries were falling on deaf ears, so he went to uh, the Nashville Zoo and placed a geocache with permission, because he was working with the zoo, at every exhibit inside the zoo. Oh, wow. Some of them were 60 feet apart. Some of them were 150 feet apart. And that naturally caused problems, particularly when you look at GPSs in the day, because like in 2003, my GPS only counted down to two decimal points. So when you got to zero, that meant you were within 50 feet of the right. cache. So there were several guidelines that you go through that Joe saw this was going to be a problem and either helped head it off or took a hypothetical problem and made it a real world problem. So it had to be addressed. Wow. Um, vacation caches, the same kind of thing. There, there's a ton of stuff like, like the, the core DNA of the game. He had a ton to do with that. I mean, I'm a, I mean, the core game starts in Seattle. Like, you know, we, yeah. we start, well, it starts in Oregon, uh, but it starts in the Pacific Northwest. That's the core game up there. And what Jeremy and Elias and Brian put together is absolutely amazing, but it has evolved quite a bit. And of course, things evolve more when they're young. Right. And Joe had his hands in that from right from the beginning. He was a charter member and he was working with them as a reviewer. So they were looking at, he was looking for problems and he was looking at, not just the local game, but the meta game 
and trying to find ways to make things better and trying to make sure that things were happening in a positive way for geocaching. Uh, Nashville's Metro Parks is the first, there were the first uh, major park system with a geocaching policy. They didn't even know what geocaches were and Joe went to them and worked out with them how we're gonna handle having these things in the parks because it's going to be an issue at some point. Wow. And he ended up being the parks liaison with them. He worked with Tennessee State Parks to create a uh, geocaching positive policy. He was always working on those sort of things. So, you know, he really is one of those people that like, if he had just done one thing, if he had just done Geo Woodstock, that's plenty. If he had just been an incredible steward for the sport, that's enough. If he had just been an incredible hider, that would be enough. If he had just been one of the early reviewers who helped change the game and help it grow to what it is today, that would be enough. Like he's got four or five things that he should be famous for any one of them. Wow. Yeah, it's a, it's it's impossible to look at where geocaching is today and not see Joe GBS's uh, influence. And you can ask Brian Roth, you can ask Jeremy, you can ask Elias, you can ask anybody, any of the early lackeys or any of the current, um, and they'll tell you the same thing. There's no question that he was a true gentleman of the sport, and he had a lot to do with the community we're in now and the game that we're playing now. That's awesome. Yeah. There's yeah. another soundbite for the six hour <laughs> podcast. There, there seems uh, like there's a, you know, like a handful of people that, you know, from the very beginning jumped in and mm-hmm. really helped shape what it is today. Oh, absolutely. That, and Joe was one of those, um, He's, he had a great eye for things. Like he understood, he understood consequences. Like the, he would see, he would see the problems before they happened, and he was not shy about fixing things and doing whatever it took to get things done. Um, yeah, it's, and that's uh, and that's kind of I think that's why we gravitated to one another, um, both being kind of problem children and. <laughs> As a reviewer, I was a pain. I was a thorn in his side um, while he was reviewing because I would look for things and look look for loopholes and try to figure out what can we do, what can yeah. we get away with. And uh, he and I, rather than fighting me on it, we just started collaborating on stuff and trying to figure out, all right, what what does the guideline say? What can you get away with and how do we fix that? <laughs> Wow. And I joked about it when I became a reviewer that I told everybody then, like, I may seem like an odd choice. I'm like, but last week I was the guy that you called. If you were trying to figure out how to get something published and how to work within the guidelines to get something published, I was the guy you called for that. I'm still that guy. Only now we just have to convince me because I get to push the button at the end of the conversation. And you're just playing on the other side of the the board now. Yeah. Yeah. It's still all just about understanding how the game works, how the game's played. Um, That's awesome. That's and I don't know, um, should I say am I, that I'm Brad Simmons and I'm Monkey Brad in uh, the geocaching world? Because I've never like introduced my geocaching name, but I'm- You can, I'm, it's up to you. Well, no, I just, I just, that's who I'm here looking for who Brad is. I'm, I'm Monkey Brad. Uh, not hard to find me out there in the world. I've been geocaching for 20 years by the time this comes out. And I've uh, been reviewing for- 
13, 14 years, somewhere in there. Uh, uh, former president of the Middle Tennessee Geocachers Club. I wrote the third edition of the Complete Idiot's Guide to Geocaching. Oh, really? Yeah, that was, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> I've probably done some other stuff at the sport. I don't remember. I've hidden a bunch of caches. I've found a handful. That's awesome. Yeah, I have to go look at my own resume to see what the see what it is I've done. <laughs> I've had a lot of fun. That's that's the big thing. I've met. That's a lot the of important part, right? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Brad, this has been an amazing conversation. I could sit here and talk with you all all night. I'm sure it's it's gone over two hours now. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, I should probably wrap this so I can get to dinner. So... <laughs> so we're uh see my normal setup it would all be here and i would have the clock <laughs> and i would be watching my clock i hate to cut it off because it's been so much fun like i said if there's anything we need to pick up or anything just you know holler at me let me know um, i will and thank I will. you once again for the opportunity uh, i appreciate you taking the time out and i hope i get to i hope i can track you down at, at geo woodstock and say hi all right we'll make a point of it okay thank you you have a good night thank you you too. Bye. You've been listening to Geocache Adventures with me, Shadow Dragon One. If you'd like to get in touch, you can reach out to me on Facebook, Instagram, or go to geocacheadventures.org and you can find the information on the contact page. Theme music is by The Travel Bugs. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Have you heard of FTF Magazine? It's the magazine for geocachers. It is full of articles and pictures all submitted by geocachers just like you. I'm a subscriber myself, and I love it. My favorite part is the little snippets on the edges of the articles on all the different pages. Those are my favorites. Just go to ftfgeo.com to check them out and tell them Shadow Dragon 1 sent you. 